the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Well, that was certainly a hawkish Fed testimony yesterday. Holy mackerel. Who wants that, right? Hawkish being that they said, and there was even a Freudian slip in what was said, interest rate hikes, there's going to be two more of them, they expect. And they're saying that it's a little data dependent, but they expect that's what it's going to need to be done to get inflation to 2%, not 3%, 2%, not 4%, 2%. NASDAQ somehow, some way, some shape rallied. Up one third of a percent. The SP 500 was down fractionally, uh, up fractionally. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down a little bit more than half a percentage point. Bitcoin fell under 25,000. United Healthcare was a big loser yesterday, as was CVS. Uh, CVS is a very interesting stock right now. But the story that United Health told was not very interesting, it was kind of heartbreaking. Americans are having more surgeries, and that's uh, spiking healthcare costs i.e. the insurance company has to pay for medical procedures. And the cheap ones are visiting your doctor. The expensive ones are surgeries. People held off getting surgeries during COVID. Now they're opening back up to the idea of going under the knife. Interesting, right? I love this job. Jerome Powell was the... uh, how shall we say the the conversation we didn't want to have yesterday? He was the main character on Wall Street. In my mind, the Fed opted not to raise interest rates for the first time in 15 months. That's pretty good. Sweet. But stocks fell because Jay Powell and company signaled they're planning two more rate hikes before the end of the year. Powell later managed to turn the tide by reassuring investors that no decisions have been made yet. But he did refer to June as we decided to skip. Now, what's that mean? Skip, skip. Freud, Freud would say that he plans to raise next month. Uh, Bud Light's fall from number one was a long time coming, even before scandals. The gold foiled Modelo Especial versus the blue can. The shift has been years in making American drinkers have been getting thirstier for Mexican import beers, not to mention wine, spirits, and hard seltzers. Modelo, a Mexican lager, was already on track to surpass Bud Light as early as next year. But the Dylan Mulvaney trans-influencer controversy sped things up. I don't really have much else to say about that, other than Ambev, AB Anheuser-Busch, InBev, There used to be like eight big breweries in the world. Now there's two. Pretty good investment idea. It's just never made my cut. But it's a pretty good investment idea. 
There's a company called Anheuser-Busch InBev. They own Grupo Modelo, the Mexican brewery that makes Modelo Corona Pacifico, everywhere except the U.S. Back in 2013, part of an antitrust deal, Anheuser-Busch InBev sold the rights to Modelo to Constellation Brands, which owns big names like Svedka and a lot of wines. If you were to take a look at, let's take a look at Constellation Brands real quick. I'm interested to see if this test will be a good one or a bad one. Now, when I said pretty good investment for the long term in Anheuser-Busch InBev, I did not talk about, I want, I'm more of a Constellation Brands. If I were to pick a liquor to invest in um, or an alcohol, Constellation Brands sticker symbol is CSTZ, STZ. It looks pretty good on a daily chart. It's up 1%. Ooh, one day does not make an investment though, right? In the last five years, it hasn't done much, but that's also got the pandemic in it. It's gone from 210 to 249 while paying a 1.4% dividend. Let's see what it's done longer term. Okay, since 2012, it's gone from $21 a share to $249 a share. That's a pretty damn good investment. Is it perfect? Nope. <laughs> But that gives you a good 10 year of what it's been like in the consolidation of alcohol and spirits. Okay. 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 Let's move on. Um, so again, what I own for the long term, I would, is it overpriced right now? Like most stocks? Yes. The EU wants to break up Google's ad tech business two years after opening a probe into whether Google unlawfully boosted its own ad tech over others. The EU's finally slapped the company with a formal antitrust complaint. It's a doozy. It suggests that Google will likely need to sell off parts of the business to resolve its inherent conflicts of interest in digital advertising. Online ads provide about 80% of Alphabet's $280 billion annual revenue last year. UPS drivers are getting air conditioning. That's cushy, huh? It, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about. You could be in Texas or Arizona as a UPS driver, 100 plus degrees, and you're scorched in that big brown aluminum box. What else do we have to talk about? Twitter is getting sued by music publishers claiming 1,700 copyrighted songs are widely available on the platform. I've always wondered about that. You know how like the village people are mad at President Trump for using Macho Man? When they say cease and desist, do they ever get anything out of that? Diablo 4 for Activision Blizzard scored more than $666 million in global sales in just five days. It's the fastest selling ever for a Blizzard subsidiary one day after Judge Temporary blocked Microsoft's plan purchase to the company. Netflix wants you to get off your couch for a change. It's opening a pop-up restaurant in L.A. with chefs from its hit shows like Nailed It and Chef's Table. Netflix, I've been doing a lot of stories on this show, has slowly been branching into other merchandise. And the restaurant idea... Getting a table in L.A. is not the easiest thing to do. And to get a table from a celebrity chef, pretty cool, pretty cool date night. Uh, it's a good idea for the, for them to get us talking about it. So the stock market is moving higher today. I'm finding that fascinating. Even as the Fed says more interest rates are coming, stocks are moving. You know why? I'm going to tell you the biggest reason why this year. Inflation's falling. Last year, we talked about 9.5% inflation. Now we're talking about 4 
That's an epic fall. Let's talk about some developments in the world today. We don't have to talk about the Fed forever. Total retail sales increased three-tenths of a percent month over month in May. If you exclude autos, retail sales increased one-tenth of a percent. Spinning was flat in essentially every category, with the exception of gasoline, which was down 2.6%. The U.S. consumers continue to be bolstered by a strong labor market. Initial jobless claims came out every Thursday. First-time unemployment claims, you've been fired. Go get unemployment. One. They were unchanged at 262,000, continuing claims for the week ending June 3rd, increased by 20,000 to 1.77 million. Key takeaway is that jobless claims have been elevated in recent weeks, but now they're starting to slip again, and this in no way, shape, or form is leading to a recession. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I got a big event coming up. Uh, Pints and Portfolio, June 25th in San Carlos for a fun informal meet and greet. Space is limited. Get a free complimentary portfolio review if you qualify. You have to RSVP. I'll give you the location of the brewery after you give us a little bit of data about you. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Join Rob Black in San Carlos Sunday, June 25th for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 for a little sunshine, some financial chit-chat, and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the Events tab. Find Pints and Portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation, and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required, so go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. Starbucks is the latest company to face a surrounding controversy of Pride Month. Sometimes I just want to say the stupid phrase, can't we all just get along? Why do you have to be in my face about other people's business? It's not even my business. Chaos and confusion broke out after Starbucks managers took different approaches to decorations with some workers claiming they were told Pride Month decor was banned. The Starbucks workers union blasting the move on Twitter and Starbucks is denying changing any policies. Elon Musk is adding to the headaches of others. Goldman Sachs lent a lot of money to Columbia Property Trust, the tune of $1.7 billion. And Elon Musk is not paying his office rent for Twitter to that company. Could you imagine? If I didn't pay rent, I would get foreclosed. If I Or if I didn't pay my mortgage, I'd be foreclosed, right? Oh, boy. Uh, inflated expectations. Inflation has wreaked havoc on American households as cost of goods has outpaced wage growth over the past two years. Inflation traders are jumping in now. The strategy of betting on the swings in consumer prices exploded in recent weeks with revenues from inflation trading down from $700 million in 2019 to $3.9 billion in 2022. I'm not one to short-term bet 
on things, whether it be stocks or inflation. It's just not my thing. The housing market continues to be an absolute dumpster fire for Americans. Nobody seems to want to put their house on the market because they're locked in a low rate. I did a story yesterday where 92% of American mortgages, houses in America, 92% have um, a mortgage under 6%. I wonder what the, the stat is on f- under 5%. I, I certainly don't want to lose that low interest rate. Now, again, I told you at the start of this year, sometime in the next 12 to 18 months, I was probably going to be buying a home. I'd probably say 18 months is the right time frame still. So sometime this time next year, maybe. And I don't know if it's going to be a retirement home, i.e. a flat one level. Probably in somewhere warm without a lot of rain or snow. I'm not a Palm Desert guy. Uh, for those of you not listening in California, Palm Desert is, well, exactly what it sounds like. It's an oasis in a desert. Just not my kind of thing. Too dry. Too much of a go inside. It's hot outside. Um, some other big stories of note. Google's crackdown on work from home continues to get people's heads scratching. Warning workers that are, attendance would be factored into performance reviews. That hasn't gone down too well. The employees, and this is where it just crushes me. Again, I don't understand why we can't just all get along or why their business has to be my business. They feel like their bosses are talking down to them. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think we sent people home for five days a week due to COVID. And now we're saying, well, COVID's kind of not around anymore. One employee said that one of the key reasons for joining Google was its reputation for flexibility. They said that the company is crushing them at every turn. There's always going to be a swing back and forth between owner and worker, boss and worker. And right now it's moving back towards the boss. You know, all the tech layoffs that we've seen in the last year at Meta, at Google, at Microsoft, it's leading to a lot of venture capital startups. That's very interesting. Uber and DoorDash warn of huge changes. New York City announced a new minimum wage of nearly $18 an hour for delivery drivers. But some of the industry's key players say that the law may increase workloads, limit flexibility, reduce workforces, and make them raise prices on either consumer. Think about that for a second. If a delivery driver gets 18 bucks. The restaurant has to make enough money somewhere from either food costs or labor costs, right? They're not going to do it in volume, volume, volume. They're not McDonald's. And it's interesting, the margins on fast food like McDonald's versus uh, fast casual where you sit down at a bar and eat kind of experience and the margins at a high-end restaurant. High-end restaurants tend to be about 40%. Low-end McDonald's seem to tend to be about 20% on the food. Okay, okay, Um, let's keep moving forward. But again, think about that. In New York City, minimum wage for delivery drivers is going to be 18 bucks an hour. How is the restaurant? It doesn't, there's not a lot of math there that works for me. Again, I'm not a delivery driver and I don't live in New York. 
Elsewhere, Jack Dorsey's Apple Vision Pro worry. The Twitter co-founder and former CEO voiced his concerns over the future of augmented and virtual reality, saying humans were heading towards becoming Wally type characters glued to chairs and plugged in constant entertainment. If you ever saw Wally, there's a big spaceship in the sky. I think it's in the sky. That's where spaceships usually are, right? And it is pretty damning about how uh, we are in love with our our products. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I still think the Apple Vision Pro has some unique characters to it. I, I think it's going to be a surprise hit over time. I think it's going to, and a hit, not like the watch, not like the phone. It's too expensive. And uh, the time to get a new one every three years would just be very problematic at that price tag. My biggest problem with it, it's it's one device. Doesn't mean they won't you know sell a second device so that's cheaper or a um, something where you know you can get a shared experience. But I want to do things with my kids. I'm taking my kids to Vegas later today to watch the U.S. men's national team play Mexico because everyone in their lifetime should go to a soccer match with a heated rivalry. And I can't wait to watch the joy on their face. It, it's going to be the best part of my day. It's going to be you know make me smile. And the whole idea of this device being very solo doesn't really work for me. But I do think it's going to be pretty cool to have 4K screens on the go anywhere you want. Um, and I, I believe Apple's developers, uh, which there is an army of developers, I think they'll figure out some apps for us. Uber is going to be going toe-to-toe with Instacart. Uber is planning to work with health plans and providers to prescribe food as medicine as it becomes the latest big firm to bet on prescribing food as a way to cut medical costs. Interesting. I like Uber stock and also I like Airbnb. Those are my two speculative likes. Um, I think they're both dominant what they do. And Uber's basically beat to the left and now they're going to take on Instacart. I see that working. Um, I have Instacart as part of a credit card special. It's pretty lovely to have people bringing groceries on occasion. Um, but it's also pretty much a spoiled privilege because I remember going, getting groceries myself and having fun with it, you know? What about a cook? What about ingredients I need? Anyhow, and anyway, that's your news of the day. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You know what a speed cuber is? I'm going to tell you, it's exactly what it sounds like. Somebody could do Rubik's Cube in really fast time. New world record, three seconds. I can't say that. I just get lost in that one and go, hmm, okay. Whatever that makes any sense. Um, so quick little story. I got an email from a woman named Carol a couple months ago. And she did a lovely job of telling me an investment story. So in her words, I'm going to tell you her investment story. She said, just a short story about Kimco. Originally back around 1964, my mother worked for Mr. Chester R. McPhee former San Francisco port commissioner in the 1940s or so. Chet worked for the managed. Chuck worked for and managed the estate, the Sandy Estate Company, when my mother took a job as his secretary in 1940. 
this is great, isn't it? You think in World War II, right? Fast forward, very influential. As he was formed early 1964 Western Investment Real Estate. During this time before it was offered publicly, it was just Chet's very close friends. They were invited to join the company and be part owners. Being that my mom worked for Chet, he had to talk to her about being a part of this group. My parents had two of us children in Catholic high school. We were just getting by, but Chet just knew this investment was going someplace. So he offered to my mom to be a part of it, which again, it's a big mouthful. It's Western Investment Real Estate Trust. Wire T. Chet, serious man of word, offered Gloria, if you don't have the cash, get a loan from the bank. He was suggesting then $5,000. Chet also stated that if anything went belly up, he would pay my mom from his own pockets. So mom went home that night, talked it over with my father, and they concluded, yes. So mom and dad were now part of Chet's investors. The company, again, Wire T, Western Investment Real Estate Trust, started out as a penny stock and was offered out uh, at about $3 to $4 a share. Never missed a dividend, still hasn't today. Wire T was sold to Pan Pacific, which was sold to Kimco through the years. Chet was a brilliant man. His way of writing lease agreements were very good and very successful. One good example, property in Daly City, Westlake Shopping Center. Burlington Stores had the longest 25-year lease. It was renewed over and over again. It was renewed at 30-year, or maybe adding to it. But what he also put was an additional overage sales per month and was very, very, again, about uh, helping his shareholders. Ultimately, Overage sales had a different reporting sales entry in the books. That's what kept the dividends staying good and just got better with stock split after stock split. She can remember 10 stock splits in her life. Sarah Center in Colma, where Target and Michaels are located. That is Kimco. There are also 280 Metro Center areas as well. My parents soon, in the early 1972, purchased property in Italy with the quarterly dividends they were receiving, like Chet's advice to my mom. And my mom, working for Chet for 32 years, she went out on a limb, had a, got an apartment building, a three-story building. Contractor received the top floor. Mom and dad had the first two floors. My parents sold their home in Italy in 2004 after our family went on many trips there. Again, the, the Italian villa was funded by dividends. So today, Carol sees, she says, I love seeing some of the cast iron wood benches in the shopping center embossed with Kimco. Most recent find was in Reno, Nevada, outside the Dillard's department store. I can't stop thinking. I can't stop thanking the dear Lord for what he gave my parents. Oh, one more thing. Christmas came around. My grandfather gave us two kids, 10 shares each. Each year for 20 years, she's still a current shareholder and plans to divide the stock down to her two grandchildren. And she's receiving an investment dividend. She feels very lucky. I think that is a great, great story, Carol. I didn't read it as well as you put it together. But I give you all the props for seeing that your mother did something smart in 1940, working for a man who was a real estate developer and he created a real estate investment trust, Kimco, ultimately. And... She owned real estate now for 80 years, essentially 80 years, right? 
every three months, her family gets a check from Kimco saying, you know, we're collecting rents on all these properties. Now, commercial real estate's not in fuego right now. There's going to be a lot of pain in commercial real estate on how we set up businesses after COVID or during COVID and how, what they look like after COVID and what they look like pre-COVID. I think she did a really nice thing by sending me that email. And I appreciate stories like that. For the first time in three years, U.S. rents fell year over year. The median asking rent was down a whole four-tenths of 1%, landing at 1937 That's the lowest median we've seen in 13 months. Austin and Chicago saw the largest declines in rent year over year, while Raleigh and Cleveland had the most aggressive gains. I own a rental property in Raleigh. My thoughts 30 years ago were this is a market that has three colleges. This is a market that has essentially three hospitals. And those that combination of two things creates a lot of jobs. I've never not had a renter. I've never gone more than 30 days without a renter. And that ties into Carol's story ever so slightly. Now, I will say 30 years ago, I was a lot more concerned about the property than I am today. Typically, that's how we approach real estate in our country. We are taking a a big leap of faith that we're not just buying high suckers. Um, I think real estate works over time. And as I've learned now that I'm in my 50s, I bought real estate in my 20s and I felt stressed. I bought real estate in my 30s and I felt stressed. I bought real estate in my 40s, a little less stress. And I bought real estate in my 50s, way less stressed. Long story short, real estate has been part of my wealth. And I'm pleased for it just as Carol is. And I also own REITs that I plan to get income from in retirement. They're probably going to be 20% of my income strategy in retirement. And ultimately, I hope I die at 85 years old in reasonably good health. And I can tell my kids, uh, I'm giving you some uh, real estate investment trust. It's going to give you a dividend every three months. Don't sell it. I don't buy a lot of things to sell. That's not my angle. Um, I did buy a stock yesterday. I'll tell you about what I bought in two more days. I don't want to look like I'm front running. Um, and it's not a stock that you're going to expect. Anyhow, if I don't remind member to talk about it next week, um, just get back to me, okay? And I promise I'll, I'll do my best to get you some information because I know people like to... I don't buy stocks for the short term, usually. I bought a lot of tech stocks last year. Um, and it wasn't just... I like, buying, I like buying great companies when they're down 20 to 40%. So if you take a look at Microsoft at Apple, at Google, at Amazon. I will buy those companies when they're 20 to 40% off their all-time highs. Not when they come out with a new product. Not when they have earnings season coming up. I like buying at a discount where some people are going to get washed out. 
And I've added to my positions in those names through my life. Um, I'm not short term. Just trying to give you a real honest approach at how I, I look at investing. One of the things that I like about working with EP Wealth is we get access to really cool things like Stone Castle, which is a cash solution. Spider Rocks, which does covered calls and put strategies. Um, I've got concentrated positions in a couple tech names, and I'm using covered call strategies now to generate more income than what their dividends pay. At the risk of potentially losing them, but the strategy that Spider Rock uses at EP Wealth is they try to buy back the shares before they get uh, triggered. Um, that's pretty interesting. I like the strategy. I like it a lot, to be quite honest with you. Um, but that's not a strategy the average investor should use. I don't, don't do it on my own. I've never uh, told people to do it on their own. I think it's very risky and it makes brokerages a lot of money. Um, EP Wealth also has access to a group called Parametric, which is an individual bond manager. Hamilton Lane, which is a private equity. Blue Owl, which does private credit. Um, all very, very beautiful solutions that help diversify my income stream One. and that the average person doesn't have access to. Um, I really, really like smart products um, and s solutions to you know implement new strategies with as I evolve. I'm not the same person I was in my 20s. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. The markets are having a pretty good day. If you had said the Fed's going to be hawkish, you probably wouldn't have predicted this. 30. So we have the NASDAQ up one-third of a percent, the Dow up two-thirds of a percent, the S&P 500 up half a percent, the Russell 2000s up fractional. I wish that one was higher to spread the wealth, so to speak. Don't forget big event coming up in San Carlos, June 25th, 10 days from now. Pints and Portfolio. It's an informal meet and greet with a complimentary portfolio review. Check it out at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. It's Sunday, 1 to 4 in San Carlos. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Goldman Sachs is upping their S&P 500 target for the year to 4,500. That's lovely. They were at 4,000, and now that the S&P 500 is at 4,400, eh, they've missed 400 points out of those 500 that they're upping their target on. Goldman Sachs analysts have been seeking out stocks that could offer upside. So the S&P 500 is largely driven this year by Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Meta, and Amazon. We all know that. Historically speaking, one would expect their valuations to come back down. But what actually happens is other companies catch up or reevaluate their valuations. So names like Lowe's, Target, Home Depot, um, Airbnb, I, I, I can name many, Arrowhead Pharmaceuticals, Rent the Runway, they could all be what kind of melts up. Now, again, if you're glass half empty, glass half full, you may get, no, I just think the big boys are gotten ahead of themselves. And I don't disagree with you. But historically, 
you don't want to fight the market. I know that sounds a little cliche, but I'm sticking with that story. If you ever want to get me an email, drop me an email at rob at robloxshow.com. It's rob at robloxshow.com. I'll do my best to answer it. Sometimes it takes me a while, to be honest. Um, we knew last year that inflation was going to move down. And when inflation moves down, stocks tend to move up. That's not something to be braggadocious about. You just got to be. You just have to have some experience with this stuff. Um, last year when I'd get on cron four, I do a spot every day at nine fifteen for them. And the anchors were really upset. Market's down. Oh, my 401k is a 301k. Oh, my 301k is a 201k. I said, best time to buy. And I wish I had the conviction to say like, I doubled down instead of investing $400 every two weeks. I invest 800 instead of 800, 1600. I wish I had the courage to to tell people to do things like that. I do say that I'm not worried. We're going to be hitting an all-time high. We hit all-time high seven out of 10 years. So if I've been alive 40 years, we've hit, uh, what is that? <laughs> 28 years of been highs, 12 been down. That's not bad. And when we're talking down, we're not talking zero. We're talking buying opportunity. You know, I went into the segment and, I like buying my big tech cap names, like the Apples, the Microsoft, um, the Metas, when they're 20 to 30 to 40% off. 40 rarely ever happens. 20 happens regularly. 30 is a nice kind of sweet spot. And there's not a lot of science in that. There's a lot of art in that, that we've seen this before. Now, there have been companies like Yahoo that never recover. Just throwing that down there for you. Based on my experience with the stock market and studying the market since the 70s, I would say that inflation is going to decline all the way to that 2 to 3% range, and then it'll stay there for a while before it goes back up. There's a limit to how the Fed... I believe the Fed will stop hiking rates once Fed funds get to be 2% above inflation. Right now, inflation's at 4%. Fed funds are at 5.25%. So if inflation falls to three at 2.25, I think the Fed's done. So there's still a long way to go. But inflation will continue to fall. And at that point in time, the monetary policy will be too restrictive, and they'll start cutting interest rates, which will give further life to the bull market that just recently started. If you go back in history, long, long, long periods, positive real interest rates are a good thing. They prevent bubbles from forming. They prevent a misallocation of capital. So low inflation, low unemployment, stocks go up. But no one's really, really terribly happy when that happens. People are still scarred by the markets going down in 2020. 2012, uh, 2000. I should have said 20, 2008 instead of 2012, but uh, mistakes. Now, what kills this rosy scenario of lower interest rates or lower inflation? Solid employment, 
Fed almost done raising interest rates. They get got to get to that magical 2% swing between inflation and Fed fund rates. Here's the things that can overdo it and kill the economy. War. And it could be a trade war with China. It could be a Ukraine war with oil. It could be a political war with Saudi Arabia. You can get an unfavorable outcome in the 2024 elections. I'm not being political here when I say this. Please note, please note. I work on Wall Street, and if Democrats sweep, if they get the presidency, they add to the Senate, they add to the House of Representatives, Wall Street will not like that. Um, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I learned how to blend Wall Street with politics. And you say, I generally like gridlock. Our country does best when it does the least, when they make compromises. I'll stick by that. But personally, if you want to know how I vote, you're going to have to come to my Pints and Portfolio event in San Carlos, June 25th, 1 to 4 o'clock. It's for people with 500000 or more who are approaching retirement who need a little extra incentive, a little extra advice on how they stand. It's a good event. The last one was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, post-pandemic, uh, beer and sunshine. That's the goal this time in San Carlos. Anyhow and anyway, um, I hope the show helps you, and I, I hope you tell friends about it. I think I do a nice job of presenting information for you. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Look for me today in Vegas at the USA Men's National Soccer Team match. Good day. Join Rob Black in San Carlos Sunday, June 25th for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 for a little sunshine, some financial chit-chat, and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find Pints and Portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required, so go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.